First of all, hi listeners. Um, second of all, for the first time ever, and I mean literally for the first time ever, I started today listening back to all the podcasts that I've made from the beginning of when this all first started last year. And let me just say, y'all really let me sound like an idiot, but it's okay. I still love y'all. Um, first or secondly, my audio was so bad. I don't know if it was because I was using ear or like a headpiece at first and then I decided not to or what, but like it was sounding so bad when I was listening back and I was like, I don't know if it's when I use the app that it makes it better. It's more defined or if I was talking low, I don't know. I don't know, but it was literally, I was like, ouch, <laughs> listening to myself. And the only reason why I decided to go back and listen was because I was like, I just want to like, I want to know what I talked about and I kind of want to see like how much I've grown um, and how much this podcast has taken off. And I have to say as well that um, I was very like timid and just didn't want to say certain things. I wanted to be very professional when I first started the podcast versus now. I mean, it's about professionalism and stuff, of course, but like, it's not exactly like I'm getting sponsored by like, I don't know, Nike and name brands. You know what I'm talking about? Like, nobody's really like, hey, let me pop on this podcast right now. Yo, this is the hottest podcast out there, even though it is. But like, <laughs> I'm not exactly, um, I don't have really a responsibility to responsibility to not say certain things. Like in my head, and I think I'm pretty funny. Um, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I'm pretty close to, I am just anybody basically. And I'm making a podcast, which I think anybody can do. And it's very easy to just get like your voice out there and just start talking about stuff. And a lot of people can relate to it and agree. So I would chop myself up to a comedian. Um, let me put my imaginary hair behind my ear. I can't even say imaginary, like I have hair. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I was just listening back and I was like, yo, like, first of all, I could barely hear myself. And um, my voice isn't as bad as I thought it was. Like, so, I mean, there's that. And I don't know if it's also just because, like, I hear myself talking all the time. So <laughs> that's that on that. And, um, also, I hope that y'all are having a great day. I had a topic or have a topic for y'all. And I say had because, um, and use past tense, because I literally forgot what the heck I was about to come on here and talk about, which is unfortunate. But actually, I just remembered right now, that was the light bulb moment. So I was going to come on here and talk about um, why does it all like, when you are changing for the better, why does it feel bad? Or why does it like feel easier to go back to some habits and it feels worse to like start something new like you know to go on that path that you were going to you know like that you were starting it's almost like um like addiction you know it's almost like if you were to have like an addiction which i think a lot of people always say like oh what well, addictions are more related to people who use substances and that's not true because the world, if y'all haven't noticed, has proved to y'all that y'all can have addictions. Anybody, everybody can have an addiction and almost anybody probably does have an addiction to something. And so it's, you know, 
it's just mind blowing that we only think of addictions when we're talking about um uh shows like intervention or like hoarders or something. Excuse me, sir, with your loud car. Are you done? I'm trying to talk. Like gosh, so so rude. So sorry about that. But anyway, Yes, I'm so glad that I could just be myself on this podcast and not have to worry about like, oh my god, I have to like not say certain things like I'm on a freaking talk show. And honestly, if I had my own talk show, I would still talk like this. But um, yes, an addiction, right? So I think we should look at addictions like the fact that none of us can leave our house without our phones. Like that's like an addictive behavior, you know, like that's addiction behavior right there. Like you can't leave the phone, you can't leave your phone at home without panicking, um, you know, and it's not like your phone is really a necessity because phones are quite literally everywhere. The only thing I will say is that I get it in the sense that, like, for safety reasonings, like, when I look at, I I watch a lot of crime shows and, um, documentaries and, uh, like series where they talk about crime uh true crime on what is it on youtube and like hulu and all types of stuff right even on investigation discovery id um sponsor me but anyways actually no they wouldn't because i don't even talk about crime on here um but anyway (laughs) i can understand that from that point of view because when i would watch those shows and like those documentaries and stuff and they would talk about crimes that happened back in the day first of all i could see why there was probably a rampant um serial killer spree um among a lot of people back in the 70s i'm sure even before that probably weren't talked about or recorded because to get to a phone you would literally have to probably walk miles from where said killer or um abductor or whatever um it is trying like has you at so say you're in the woods and you need to get to the the nearest city and to get to that um phone and it's it's taking you however long like and then on top of that I would also think and I don't really know how the phone um I was about to say phone books that's not what I was thinking about the pay phones I would imagine that you would have to, I don't know, I could be wrong. Let me look that up actually as we speak. Do you have to um pay wait, what is it? Pay the f- pay phone. <laughs> wait. Do you have to pay the pay phone? Oh my gosh, I can't freaking spell to oh my god. To call nine one one dupe yeah somebody's already asked that question tips for using public phones and pay phones emergency um operator service providers must connect a 911 call immediately at no charge okay so luckily thank god back then i'm assuming it was probably the same if it's saying this now in 2021 and this was posted I don't know when, but it is a government. Um, One is from Quora, and that's from, like, 2017. This is a government page, though. It's the FCC, um, which is the Federal uh, Communications Commission. So that is a government 
organization and they're saying, no, you don't have to pay when when you're using a public phone or the pay phone to call 911. It's free of charge and they have to answer. So that's a good deal. However, like I was saying, to get to to get to point A to point B, however long that will take you, you would literally God himself has to be like watching over you that whole time like his angels like has to be covering you that whole time because I would be in such a panic and I just pray that nobody ever is in that situation I pray to never be in that situation myself so yeah in those situations it is great to have a phone it's great to have a phone when you feel like you're in danger or even take it a different um direction when there are emergencies um because a lot of times, like I said, I am, uh, I don't know what I would, what I am considered in my Gen Z because I was born in 2000. I don't know. Y'all can figure that out yourselves. It doesn't really concern me that much. I don't really care too much for the labels. I just know I am a Y2K baby. So there's that. Um, but it is, uh, what the heck was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, we find out. Yes. Okay. So I just remembered. Um, so I wouldn't really know too much about it, um, because obviously pay phones in, in house phones were kind of, well, no, I can't say house phones were kind of going out of style and like landlines were going, well, yeah, they were, they were going out of style by the time I was at least, I don't know, 13, 14, like not many people had landlines, um, or they were getting rid of them. And I actually think that we had a landline in our house until maybe 2012 or so like maybe even before that I, I I remember growing up with landlines but like the phones that were connected in your house the only time I would ever see that was when I would go to visit like I think my great grandma had one outside of that. Like, I don't remember seeing them that much unless it was on TV. So I could imagine like, okay, if there's an emergency, right. Um, I don't know why I'm going on this rant. Okay. But (laughs) if there's an emergency, right. I would assume that they would have to call the phone in the house first and assume that somebody is there. Now, this is what I'm also going to go into now that I think about it to assume that somebody's at the house all the time. I would think that's something that the men probably created for the woman in society to do, like, in America. um, Because, you know, like, just how, like, the, what is it, the 40-hour-plus work week that everybody does, I learned not through textbooks of course because they always freaking lie about every single thing that is taught in the a whole american um history books um but we know that i learned this elsewhere that majority of stuff like this like the 40 hour work week and i'm assuming it, the same would be said for these phones that were connected to your house that you can you would know that somebody's most likely there unless they were maybe out just doing whatever um was probably meant because society in america has always been like oh men were the ones that were the bread bread winners and then the women were the one that were at home taking care of the kids and that type of stuff. So that is my assumption now that I think about it 
as to why they had phones and would assume that somebody was at the house all the time. But anyways, so yeah, if you were to have an emergency, you have, would have to know that somebody's at the, at that house and what if they're not? And then, I don't know. I just think about all this stuff, right? All this stuff <laughs> just to say that I think that we nowadays especially have this addiction to carrying your phone around all the time and it's interesting because I remember they would at like when phones became more popular popularized as um I got older and I got my own phone when I was 10 years old and that was for you know safety and emergency reasons I wasn't just texting my parents throughout the day or nothing like that um they called a yeah we really didn't even text like that it was like if when I call your this phone, you better pick up. And if you don't pick up, you're going to be in trouble. Like, <laughs> and I'm going to think something's wrong. So it was like that. And so now more than more often than not, it's interesting how like society has changed. And it's like, no, like I'm going to text you instead because calling is weird. Do you guys remember being on like three way phone calls with your friends on your phone can you even do that on apple i mean outside of facetime i'm talking about like actual phone calls i don't i see i think people don't really call that much anymore and i get it calling makes me anxious too getting a phone call makes me anxious too because i'm like who is this and what do you want and why are you calling me and like even when it's somebody that i know i'm like "Mm, i really don't want to talk more than like five to ten minutes i hope they don't really take that as a bad thing unless it's like my fam um or my best friend so outside of that like I'm just not one to really be on the phone like that it's just like a really weird thing and maybe I have some conspiracies now or some theories maybe the reason why a lot of people in today's world have that trouble of like when they get a phone call or they have to call somebody they get anxious and maybe it's because we don't really call each other or or call anybody that often unless we really need something or somebody else's services so outside of that we mainly text and I think now we would wish and we feel more comfortable with texting and communicating by typing more often now and that's why there's on the sites that we go on um on almost any site maybe whether it's like a banking site or um you're looking to rent somewhere or you're looking for a phone service or whatever whatever site you go on even fashion um uh sites and everything like that any type of site for the most part they have something where they're like you can type in this chat box right here and then we're gonna have somebody that's gonna connect with you and then they can type back to you live that is blowing my mind did i just crack the code am i just now understanding how life works sometimes yes i have these like realizations these light bulb moments and i'm having them right now which is crazy but i would think that's really smart for that but it's also smart for people who may have disabilities boom broke the code just right there anyway okay so um anyways i was saying all that (laughs) because i was bringing up the fact about habits and how habits can be things that are addictive in nature. And um, that's just kind of what it is. You know, for example, 
and I don't would I wouldn't think this is an addiction. I think this is just common sense to have, but it is a habit. So a habit can turn into an addiction. And an addiction is an is a habit, you know? So um brushing your teeth every day, washing your hands, that type of stuff. When you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth hopefully. Um or use the bathroom. This is a habit that most of us do. Now, take that and imagine somebody doing that a lot. I believe that's called OCD. Now, not the peeing thing. I would think if you pee a lot, you might want to go see a doctor um, if it's very frequent. But brushing your teeth a lot throughout the day, especially if it's not because you have braces and you just ate something, then yeah, I think that is what you would kind of consider OCD. Washing your hands after every little thing you do. OCD behavior, um, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. But I am not a doctor or physician. I have not gone to school for that. So like this is all at um, my opinion, right? This is my opinion. Um, That's your discretion advised uh, warning right there, I guess. Very late into the podcast because I talk a lot. But um, yes, so habits, right? I was thinking about this uh, today, actually, because it's like, though I feel like I have grown a lot as a person, I made, I'm making better decisions. I'm doing a lot better than I was before. And um, like I always say, like, progression is not linear. So it's, it's this very like imbalance of things. And then you come in contact with different people and things happen and all that type of stuff in different environments. So you want to go back to things that you were doing before because why? Because they are comfortable and because they make you feel like, oh, this is at home. But in order, this is another quote I, I saw actually, in order to grow, you need to get out your comfort zone in order to do better. A lot of times you need to get out of that comfort zone because really when you stay in that comfort zone of doing things that you're used to all the time um, and you want to change your habits and you want to do better, it's not really helping you to stay in that comfort zone, you know? Um, For example, say, uh, I don't know, I don't really want to use these people as uh, an example because I'm really bad at analogies as we all know, but I guess I will do it. Say you, um, oh, here, here's one. Here's a better one. Say you're a CNA, which is a certified nursing assistant, and you want to be a nurse one day. However, you don't want to go back to school, um, for whatever reasons that you have, um, let's just say they're personal, whatever, right? Or your beliefs, whatever they may be. But the whole time, for however long that you are alive, all you've ever done was become was stay a CNA and though you wanted to become a nurse you decided to push that away because of the things that you were comfortable with you're comfortable with being a nurse's assistant but you don't want to be a nurse that I think is a good enough example and I hope that you can understand that um from my point of view at least but it's just one of many um because the thing is like I always say I don't personally me and I hope everybody else is kind of the same way is like when I die or when I'm on my deathbed I don't want hopefully I die in my sleep and peacefully let's just say that um but let's 
say at any given point in my life, I don't want to say I wish that I did this and I wish that I took this risk that was healthy for me at the time. There are risks that are not healthy for a lot of people, but I would think that a lot of us at this point in time, especially if you've been listening with me and growing with me, are this stupid car. Anyway, I would think that if you've been listening with me and growing with me that um that you would realize that it takes that like it takes you to get out of your comfort zones to want to do better and I think that was what I was trying to say before the car interrupted me for like the millionth time it was honestly more than twice but I had paused the freaking the recording for a second because I was trying to think which I do very often. I hope nobody realizes it, but I'm just calling myself out now because I am human. And I don't want to put y'all like on a freaking pause that's like 15 minutes because one time, actually a couple of times in the past, I would be trying to think about what I was going to say and I'm sitting here like, dang, what the heck was I talking about? So I pause and it'll be like freaking five, 10 minutes going by and I'm like, I really don't know and I'm trying to jog my memory and it's hard especially once I start going um but anyway see I was thinking right about the whole habit stuff because especially when it comes with human interaction and you're used to the same human interactions over and over again right that becomes a habit of how you like when the way you react to another person um and people act similar in nature a lot of times so the people it's like people that you attract, right? And I would assume that when you get out your comfort zone and you um, grow, that you will attract different people that are going to be from a different crowd. So you're going to have different challenges with that, of course. But when you have, um, when you're in this same bubble that you've been in for a while, and then you have the same people coming and you're trying to grow out of that, it's difficult at times when you're trying to be like setting boundaries and stuff because what happens that I notice is like people don't take it well because um as I've always said a lot of times people don't take it well when other people grow around them especially when they're used to a person being a certain way um even if you say you've even made a mistake in the past and they only like see you as that person or say you were just the maybe you were the fun person that they were used to or whatever and now you're not and they don't or at least they think that you're not because you are more to yourself um that type of thing maybe you were more outgoing and now you're not and so people will see you and they will only think about you being in this certain um light Uh, and so they don't really take it good often um, when you're like, yeah, I don't really like that anymore. It's like, well, what happened to you? Well, now you're acting different. Now you've changed that type of stuff. And people say that type of stuff. And it's really kind of inconsiderate because it's like, do you want me to stay the person that I was before? Cause it doesn't necessarily mean that I was happy in that, in the way that I was before, you know, maybe I'm doing better now. And you should be happy for me that I'm doing better now. You should be considerate of me. But what I would say is if somebody is not considerate of the way that you are now, of the growth that you've grown into now, 
and they are not trying to understand and maybe even they don't respect the person that you are now those are the people that you kind of want to um cut off or you know just kind of let them go and do their own thing um people will show you how they actually feel about you especially when you're growing so don't take those things lightly when they're like saying certain things and um that kind of makes you feel like belittled or belittled or um making you feel less than or making you feel like oh I maybe like maybe they liked the way I was before and stuff like that because then you're kind of back at that point where you want to conform to what the world and what other people want you to be and you shouldn't feel that way you should be happy with who you are right now and though who you are right now will and will become and who you were in the past will always have its challenges you have to be this like more positive person and be like hey like this is who I am now and if somebody doesn't accept me and doesn't like me for that like I can't change who they are and their perception of me and that's not my job to do that um which is a lot of times I always think to myself like I feel like I don't have I shouldn't have to explain to people a lot of times why I am me you know unless you ask specifically oh my god I said that correctly unless you ask um specifically like I'm I don't ever really feel the need to go into greater detail about my freaking life and the traumas of everything you know and here's what I will say like a lot of people I met somebody who was who's a vet and is around like 30-ish right and so they felt like and this is kind of off topic but they felt like and it was an interesting um it was an interesting conversation that I had with this person because sometimes I just sit back and listen and let people talk because I like to get an idea of what they think and how they think and that helps me to form my opinions better and um and to to just know better about other people before I speak and I think a lot of people kind of need to do that but anyway so I was talking to this vet and he was like I just feel like this world is very um soft nowadays and if you grew up in a military household if you know anything about the military to that extent where you've lived at whether you were in the military or you're a military child um or have that type of association or worked with other people who were in the military you know that um for one you know that the military has changed very much since the time that I'm pretty sure it started back way back when who knows when and um versus now and even so every generation will think that the other gener that the new generation of soldiers are soft and and so on and so on just like how with this generation um for example my generation will quit a job in two days just because somebody kind of disagreed with us in a way that we felt disrespected as we should because find a place that you love and not a place 
that you don't love and also find a place that's going to pay you well for the work that you do and not a place that's not going to pay you that well for the work that you do because we do a lot for like a little bit of money nowadays and it kind of sucks especially with the way the economy is going anywho i digress so um the same way that they soldiers kind of put like other soldiers on pedestals and they put themselves on pedestals because of their experiences that they've gone through and that type of stuff um so it is kind of like a i've done more than you i've seen more than you like i am greater than you in a in a sense um which just is weird because i am kind of making this but like right before independence i mean veterans day um but it's not to throw shade at you know the military like that's a whole nother topic of discussion that i actually could talk about but i won't today um because i have family who was in the military I have i know a lot of people who are in the military and also i am a military child like a military brat um as i've said before and so anyway so when you when they look at themselves versus civilians right um he was just talking about like he's always when he's on social media he always notices that a lot of people use the word trauma and they use it and it's kind of like this loose term but they felt like because of the they've actually experienced traumas in the military and outside the military as um you know as a child and growing into an adult and um when they were in the military that they've actually felt they like that their trauma is more valid than other people's if that makes sense um and that people like i said are using it as a loose term and saying like oh well i dealt with something that was traumatic and blah 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 and you know they're just saying it in a loose term but they don't really know what it feels to be or to have trauma and let me tell you what trauma is based off of um psychology.org or sorry it's psychology today and there's other um, definitions, but they're very similar to this. Trauma is a person's emotional response to a distressing experience. So, and it also says few people can go through life without encountering some kind of trauma. Unlike ordinary hardships, traumatic events tend to be sudden and unpredictable, involve a serious le- uh, threat to life, like bodily injury or death, and feel beyond a person's control and i would honestly say or feel beyond a person's control most important events are traumatic to the degree that they undermine a person's sense of safety in the world and create a sense that catastrophe could strike at any time so just based off of that definition and that description alone anybody could like anybody can have trauma in their life and that's what i was trying to explain to him was that yes i understand a lot of people probably use it as a loose term but they're not just using it as hey yeah when i was younger one day i fell off a bike because my shoe lace wasn't tied and or came untied and it wrapped around the wheel of the freaking back of the bicycle and that is actually a true story for me um but people aren't really using it as that term. When people are saying that they're having traumatic events and that they're stressed and they have anxiety and they have depression and that type of stuff, or they're feeling these emotions, it's because they actually feel that emotion. And it's not like, 
And sometimes it's a cry for help when they're even saying that. Like, they're actually coming out and being specific enough to at least tell people. And just because a great majority of the world feels that doesn't mean that their trauma and their traumatic events are any less than yours, you know? One person's hardship isn't greater or worse than somebody else's. It's just as bad. We all have to deal with it in our own way, and it sucks, but it's what makes us human. It's what makes us who we are, and those experiences are what shape us into who we are today. And as somebody once said it on TikTok, as much as I hate TikTok, I did end up adding the app back because it has a lot of good information when you're not just following and looking at goofy things all the time. No offense to people who do. But um, the guy was saying, like, you know, the things that are traumatic in your life, especially as a as a child to you, um, when you're trying to learn about this world and, and gear your brain and learn and, and have this, you know, you're, you're learning as a child and you have traumatic events it turns into like mental issues when you get older, i.e. the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the the even things like, I do it all the time. I think I've even talked about it. Picking your skin, biting your nails. Um, some people, which other people think are extreme because I knew somebody who did it too. They would pick all of their eyelashes off um, or those people who pick at their hair or their scalp or something. It's, and people would say, oh, well, that's just, you're just biting your, your, your nails and you're just, um, picking at your skin and stuff like that. Like that's normal. It is normal because that's what a lot of humans do, but they do it because of the experiences that they've had, which shaped them into who they are today. And so another thing I want to quote from TikTok again, sadly, is, that I do agree with what somebody said about how um, the way mental health is looked at in the society is kind of all screwed up. We are saying, hey, let's give people this medicine. Let's, let's give you this so that you can act normal. And that's not them acting normal because they're not learning. They're not um, engaging in what's actually physically and mentally and, and otherwise going on with them. Um they're just kind of pushing it down further instead of the world. And this is why I'm more open about it too, is instead of the world just being more open about our experiences like we are today, it doesn't make you soft, whatever you are, whatever age you are, whatever gender, all of that. It doesn't make you soft or any less of a person because you have things that upset you. It's okay to have emotions, you know? It's okay to feel this, but we need to all kind of unify and say, hey, like, I've had this experience before, too. Maybe we should change the way our society is in a way because it's completely possible. We see that phones do it um, all, the, all the time if I would bring this back around circle. Um, just like how phones ha- and, and electronics and technology has changed us, instead of trying to make our emotions more robotic because we think that this is what should be deemed as normal, like how we used to think that blue eyes and blonde hair was normal, um, and that was something that only normal people could have and, and whatnot, we need to change it to be like, hey, this is something that we all experience and we all need to talk about it we all need to change the way that we think 
in the way that we look at other people um, and stuff. Because the only time people think it's extreme, like mental health is extreme, honestly, is when it's things that are very obvious. Like, um, trig- uh, yeah, trigger warning, honestly. Like suicide or when somebody um even harms somebody else or they're harming themselves and it's very obvious because it's something that you could see that's the only time people actually actually really care you know and it's weird because it's like somebody could say that they're depressed and then like everybody's kind of just like saying stuff that anyways I digress I have said a lot right now and all I was gonna say at the end of the day was that growth and 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 change can be scary because the behaviors that you have to change within yourself and then also the the second part of it when it's reacting to other things and other people and the way that they treat you and putting that change into motion it could be like a a a ride of your life honestly and it could be downhill for some time but then it will go uphill so that's really all I had to say. I I feel like y'all got the picture. And if not, let me know. I will go into greater detail, but I feel like I already did. And like I talk a lot as it is. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and eat my Oreos. And I am going to put them in my milky milk and eat that and also just a question to leave y'all like thinking about it because I talked about it with my sister very briefly and I actually don't remember what she said now that I think about it which shows me that I actually don't listen to people when they talk sometimes or I just don't remember but um I was thinking about why is it and I'm not justifying this because I do think that it's probably just I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just as bad but why is it that people can use an English accent like how I just did, and I do it pretty frequently, honestly. Um, but like it be okay, but when they use like let's say an a- Asian accent or the stereotypical black male, black female accent, um, or the Hispanic accents, that those are wrong you know and it made me think because I was like hmm like to use any type of accent is really just as bad because it's not your own and like in a way whatever intent that you are using it in you kind of are like picking on a stereotype because when people say like English accents they'd be like in it you know like I-N-N-I-T but like that is a stereotype because I mean they probably do say that over there. I don't know. I'm not like I've been to London like once and I only was there to for a softball game. Um, but outside of I don't know. Anyways, that was my my question of the day. I hope that somebody gets back to me about that. But like, isn't it just as bad to use like any other accent? Just as much as it is. Like, you know, to use an accent that's not your own, I don't know. I feel like it's stereotype stereotyping all the way. And another thing that maybe will answer my own question right now is that I just want to leave y'all with this. 
everybody is a little bit racist. So before y'all say that you're not, think about it. Because I think that everybody is at least a little bit racist or has done something that was kind of racist or has said something that was racist. Whether it was on, um, whether it was by yourself or with other people or on camera or off camera, most of the world, I would have to say, if somebody did a poll and said, are you racist? I'm pretty sure a lot of people would say no, but would still have actions and have done um, actions that were at least a bit racist. And make maybe it makes us kind of racist to even, like I was saying, like to just do those things like accents that aren't our own. So I'm going to leave y'all with that one. Um scratch scratch my head but uh have a great day or night actually because it's like 11 55 and i need to go to sleep soon but i'm gonna go watch some naruto ciao